Hello, hi everybody. Welcome to Football in General. This is Rob Kays. And Trevor Koppel. Trevor. It's officially December, my friend, and most people would think this time of the year is full of presents and gifts and joy, but I tell you what, when football season is almost over, it's anything but that. I feel like we're put on the naughty list right now, man. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh... It, it's never fun to think about how little football we have left, but uh, it's also kind of the way the season goes towards the end here. You know, the, the football is going to get better. Uh, you know, teams are going to pull out all the stops. And once we're in the playoffs, it's just one good game after the next. So uh, the, the best is yet to come, even though the bulk of it is behind us. Uh, you know, the irony is that the, the most people say the season starts in December. You know, um, so although most of the games have been played, let's be honest, the, the games that are significant are going to be played over the next like six weeks, you know, well, oh, really yeah. over the next couple months. But, I mean, regular season wise for the next six weeks. So, I mean, we can go into a whole spiel of what if you're uh, a team on the peripheral, you most likely won't make the playoffs. What do you have to look forward to? Although I think all that's obvious. So let's talk about this, right? What's really happening right now, it's the second to last week of the season of fantasy football. Week 13 of fantasy football. Week 14 is obviously the last week of fantasy football. Then you have the playoffs. So going into this week, what is something you would give our listeners as far as advice? Well, you know, if you're like me and you've been streaming a defense uh, almost every week, um, it is time to start looking at, you know, the schedule down the road. Like which, you know, if you know that you're going to get in the playoffs – what defenses available are going to have the best matchups in the playoffs and start stashing those guys. Uh, and you should be able to tuck away as many defenses as you need at this point. You should, you know, you should be getting through. Yeah. was is this week or next week, the last bye weeks that we're almost done with bye weeks and you should have the rest of your roster figured out. So, you know, start thinking pretty strategically about those uh, matchups in the postseason, the fantasy postseason. Um, defense win championships in fantasy? It can make the difference. I mean, between getting like a couple of points and six or seven points out of your defense, that could be, that could be whether or not you move on. Yeah. Okay. Okay. No, no. I mean, I don't hate it. Um, <clears throat> look, look, if you get 15 points from a defense, that could be, um, I mean, you think most games are probably decided by good teams in fantasy by what, like six to 10 points? Maybe probably less. Maybe less. Yeah. Maybe less. Okay. So so defense could be the difference in um, a, a win in fantasy this time of the year. Potentially. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. I guess that's 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 all right. Um, it's a weird season for for quarterbacks, so I'm not really sure what kind of advice I would give here. I'm trying to think. You know, it's. That's usually what I would say this time of the year is that just keep an eye on a nice hot quarterback because there's always somebody that goes on a run at the end of the year that's kind of a free agent or that's kind of on the on the waiver wire or um, sort of like in between the waiver wire and not. So I would say just based on the season we have right now, um, I don't know, man. <laughs> it's so hard to say uh, with all these quarterback injuries and whatnot. Um, but I would I would keep an eye on running backs this time of the year specifically second and third string running backs because um, they tend running backs tend to wear down towards the end of the year. Offensive lines actually get better, believe it or not, this time of year. It's cold. You run the ball a lot in a lot of these outdoor climates on natural grass, of course. That's what I'm hoping for. 
uh, for a good run game. But um, second and third running backs like Zach Charbonneau last night got 20 carries for Seattle. He had 16 points. Second second string running back, you know. Um, Isaac Isaiah Pacheco came on hot last year as a second string running back uh, behind Jarek McKinnon. I think uh, Ramondre Stevenson a couple years before that. Um, I'm trying to think of just you know Rohi Moster, Jeff Wilson Jr. last year. Rashad White came on last year. Uh, Jerome Ford was a free agent, uh, a waiver wire pickup. There was that guy Deion Jackson from Indianapolis last year. Um, God, there's so many. Kula Herbert, I feel like last year got hot this time of the year. So like second and third string running backs. I'm not saying you pick up a slew of them up like Trevor says, like Trevor's just talking about with the defense and you. Your team is basically a bunch of defenses. Joy almost laughed at. You're like, pick up a bunch of defense. Don't pick up a bunch of second and third surrounding backs, but just keep an eye on some. Pick up the ones you think that are going to have a nice little run. Uh, they anticipate t- towards the end of the year might get more carries just because maybe stars get sat or um, there's just you know there's just more carries to go around this time of the year. That's just the way it is. Um, so let me ask you this, right? Uh, how do you manage? Um, the expectations of a fantasy team when there's a potential for more sitting because of the, you know, maybe they're a team has clinched the playoffs. Like for example, Philly, right? They're 10 and one. They win this weekend. They're 11 and one. They're, they're in the playoffs. They clinched the playoff spot. Um, chances are if they, they win the next two games or if, even if they, they have an opportunity to sit some of their players, right? Which could affect a lot of different fantasy teams and they'll run the ball more. AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, they're going to see less targets. What do you do then, Trevor? What do you do then? Well, do I you mean, do? you know, we we didn't talk about this at the beginning of the season, but this is one more reason. I know it's too late to redraft your team, but I'm always saying have a diverse draft. You don't want to be locked into one team. Um, and I'm not always the best at that myself. But, like, yeah, if, if you've got A.J. Brown and Jalen Hurts and they decide to rest either one of them uh, or, just, or just play more conservatively because they don't need – another victory, you know, it's going to hurt more than if you just had one or the other. Uh, so this is just one more reason. In hindsight, I know that doesn't help, uh, to have a really diverse uh, fantasy draft. Because uh, you're right, Rob, stuff like that will happen, and uh, there's not a lot you can do. You know, you, you can't – there's no just like, oh, I, I'll replace A.J. Brown with somebody just as good. At, that just doesn't happen. <clears throat> yeah, no, you're right, and uh, I think I think it's a good point to be realistic about what your options are, right? That you can't just panic mode it and start dropping big players. You're like, they're not going to get any points for me because the end of the year. No, it's they're, they're, it's likely that they'll continue to um, to produce. It's just at a different rate, right? And like you said, diversify your players. Have just be aware of your your matchups and play the matchups to some degree. And that's kind of how you win in fantasy championships in general. You know, um, you. Diversify your matchups um, in terms of which ones are good and which ones are not. And you're playing the bench. You're kind of going in between in and out of the bench week to week, you know? Just because it's, it's basically all about who's going to get the most points, you know? Obviously, that's how you win any game. But sorry, that was my cat throwing up in the background. If you heard that. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, anyway. So, I thought that was kind of interesting. Number two, we watched um, a historic game last night between Dallas and Seattle. Um, what do you make of Dallas? Kind of probably the most dangerous team at home if you play them there. Well, yeah, I mean they 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 beat 
the Seahawks 41 to 35, that's an accomplishment. Um, and it's, I think the fifth game in NFL history with no punts. Um, but, uh, man, the, the big takeaway here, not to rain on their parade is that the Dallas defense, it's just not what we thought it was. Um, and, and I think a big part of that might be losing uh, Leighton Van Der Esch. A lot of times losing a middle linebacker or a safety uh, is that piece of the puzzle that lets everybody else be really good at their job. And I think that's what we're seeing here, that the Cowboys are going to have to outscore their opponents because their defense is just not coming up right now. And the Trayvon Diggs either. Right. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. depleted. Uh but uh, to not get a single stop in a game, that's bad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, could you say the same thing about Seattle to some degree? I mean, is it just Oh, sure, line? sure. But, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, the Seattle defense is uh, – it's not bad. But it wasn't this uh, put it on a pedestal like we did with the Cowboys at the beginning of the season. Um, so the Cowboys, uh, they have – yeah, you know, I know it's a big victory. They're feeling really good. Nine and three. Dak Prescott's playing amazing, but uh, there's uh, there's cause for concern. It's the defense. Hmm. Uh, Dak Prescott, seventy five point five QBR, number one in the NFL. That would suggest to me, based on the numbers alone, he's playing the best at that at his position in the league. I would agree. Okay, <laughs> that's it. No hot take. No, I mean he, he, he's. I mean, we we've seen this Dak before. No, no one should be surprised yeah. that Dak is capable of this. Uh, right. Can he do it through December and January? That's the real question. And uh, he will not. I, I'm saying he's not going to get bailed out by this really good, you know, Micah Parsons defense uh, because they're they're struggling. Okay, fair enough. Not going to be the year. They'll lose against San Francisco in the divisional round again. Is that what you're saying? Four years in a row. I mean, if uh, that, that's kind of what I am saying is like if if the you know if the Forty ers can make the Cowboys punt, then the Cowboys are in trouble. Hmm. Unless they play at home, six and zero at home. Pretty good. Pretty good. Play, playing really good football. <laughs> right? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Um, yeah, just thought it was an interesting game last night. It was uh, very. I mean, those Seattle Seahawks uniforms, man. Oof. Yeah, you can put those on. Um, you know, some some page on, uh, on an explicit website, and I think I would have a good time looking at those a lot, you know. So um, love me some old-school throwback uniforms. Um, and, yeah, I think it's I think it's good for the league that Dallas is um, where they're at, honestly. They, you need juggernauts, man. You need Hollywood guys. You need Hollywood teams. And nobody really cares that, like, a team like um, <laughs> Detroit is 8-4. Nobody cares. Nobody cares, you know. But they, but I love it. They love to see Dallas at nine and three, even if the haters don't, right? Because it's good for the league, man. It oh, it's definitely in the league. It's it's good for the league. Definitely good for the league. I would yeah. uh, I would love to see the Lions uh, take the Cowboys out of the playoffs. That that's the sort of fan that I am. Uh, but you're right. It is good for the league. Yeah, Detroit hasn't won a playoff game since 1992, so. Let's start with that first. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Just being honest. <laughs> so, um, yeah, let's start with them winning somewhere else other than Dallas first. You know, maybe at home on their wild card weekend. 
against some crummy team that yeah, makes the wild card round like Minnesota or something. But yeah, yeah, prob- probably. <laughs> <laughs> probably. All right. You know what else I like? What's that? Well, I mean, I tell you what, this time of the year, everybody thinks you can no longer eat Thanksgiving food. You know, you're, the, those plates of food at the dinner table need to be void of, sink, of, uh, of sweet potato casserole and uh, ham and mashed potatoes. And more importantly, let's put away the gravy trough. I remember what they call it, the gravy cup or holder, whatever you, want to, whatever you gravy, use in your house. Gravy boat. The boat, right? The trough, the, uh, cylinder, the, the colander, you know, whatever you want to call it. Let's wrap it up for the season. Let's, let's get that in the, uh, in some uh, paper wrap and put it away in a box somewhere. Well, I'll tell you what, man, I'm one of those, I'm, I'm one of those people, I'm unconventional. You know, I believe that, that gravy belongs on the table every time of the year. In fact, during football season between the months of September and February, it should be right there all the time and filled. No matter what animals you have at your house, it should always have a, 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 str- a strong piping of gravy at the top, even if they take a little lick out of it. So nonetheless, getting cutting to the chase here. Let's talk about it, man. Let's see what our waiver wires get up for this week. Um, and by the way, I will not talk about the quarterbacks and waiver wire. It's not pretty. Um, I don't, I don't want to mention who's out there. It, it hurts me even just to look at uh, who you could potentially pick up. But I don't want to, and I just said I wouldn't, but I'll talk about one guy. And only because I like him so much, you can throw a football over those mountains over there. It's Gardner Minshew. Um, 19th in FPA is Tennessee. They're at Tennessee this week. Um, Gardner Minshew going against a team that's ranked 16th in Q, uh, FPA. I already said that. 19th in FPA against quarterbacks. Um, 40% of leagues he's rostering between Yahoo and Fantasy. Um, Tennessee allows, on average, a 19 fantasy points per game. Pretty, that's pretty good, man. I, I'd start Gardner Minshew. You know, I didn't even know this, but Indianapolis is 6-5. and five. Um, even without Anthony Richardson. So good team, really good coaching. Um, John, was it uh, Richardson? Not Richardson. Um, Jonathan Taylor will be out this week. Um, so keep an eye on that when we get to the running backs. But um, I'm going to talk about the Ernest Johnson. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm not sure where they play him because I think he's like it's the third, second or third running back. But I just mentioned earlier, you got to keep an eye on the second and third <clears throat> running backs. Rostered in 4% of leagues going against Cincinnati this week. Um, I don't know, 37 and a half over under. But, you know, um, it's just a Cincinnati team that's going to struggle on defense the more they have to be on the field. And I like the odds of Deionis Johnson kind of playing a third down role, a little dynamic running back. He's good in open space, man. I watched that Jacksonville game over the weekend. Um, he's, he's just good in open space. He's really good. And he, they played Houston. He ran hard. Um, left early with a chest injury. Came back. He was really resilient. I, I think he's worth a little bit of stash here. Four percent of leagues he's rostered in. So keep an eye on De'Aaron Johnson uh, in case Travis Etienne also gets hurt. He's questionable for this game, so he could be the starter. Moving on to receivers, um, kind of slim pickings. Six teams on the bye this week. Not great, but let me tell you what. This is a guy I really like coming out of the University of Tennessee. Wide receivers, rookie wide receivers, tend to get hot early later in the year. And New York Giants have really have nothing to play for at this point. But Tommy DeVito and him have really good chemistry. It's Jalen Hyatt going against the Green Bay Packers this week. Is that right? I, th- I thought they were playing Kansas City. I think this got it wrong. Hold on a second, folks. I am sorry. They're on a bye. I'm my bad. 
Next week, <laughs> they're going against Green Bay Packers. 29th in FPA is Green Bay. Roster in 9% of leagues, um, ESPN, Yahoo. Um, look, put up 103 yards against New England. Uh, burnt J.C. Jackson several times. I think if you add him this week, you can probably play him next week in a nice matchup against Green Bay. Really good chemistry with Tommy DeVito. Um, and has a bye week to work on that. So I keep an eye on uh, Jalen Hyatt and tight ends. Um, I don't know how he's available this much, but Pat, Pat Firemuth, right? Pittsburgh, are they, they on a bye this week too? No, they're going uh, against no. Arizona. Um, tw- 23rd in FPA is Arizona. He's rostering 55% of leagues. Um, off the IR, looked really good last week. That Pittsburgh offense is now full. No more Matt Canada. Um, t- they look a lot more dynamic without Matt Canada making the calls, you know. And I like Pat Fryermuth as a pickup. 55% of leagues he's rostered in. Good matchup against uh, Arizona. And then uh, I think that's that's all I really got <laughs> this week. It's not great, man. I don't think there's a lot of really great offensive matchups. If you're picking up a defense, though, I would look at the – I'm trying to remember. I picked up the LA Rams, right? First off, they're available in your uh, in your leagues. If you're streaming defensive week to week, Trevor probably already has an idea or um, an eye on this one. And then Jacksonville, 55% of leagues are rostered against Cincinnati. Uh, Atlanta, 15% of leagues are rostered going against New York Jets. Um, and Indianapolis at Tennessee, 29% rostered in, in all leagues. So, yeah. I think, uh, uh, I think the Ravens yes. and the Rams are probably your best streaming options for the, the defenses that are available. Ravens are number one in fantasy for points. I don't think they'll be a streaming option. That's just my oh, opinion. I, I grabbed them this week, so there you go. You did? <laughs> yeah. Well, well, all right. Well, yeah, F me. So, okay. Well, let's move on to the, the games on Sunday. We're, oh, God dang it. We're going to open up with... The Los Angeles Chargers at the New England Patriots, a five and a half point favorite to LA, over under forty and a half. There's some okay. So first off, there's two things I'm gonna say about this game before we even talk about it. One, it's raining. You're taking a California team, making them travel eight hours across the country on plane, getting there Sunday, raining, and Justin Herbert's zero and two against uh, Bill Belichick teams, and they've lost. I don't. I don't. I think he scored one touchdown in those two games. So. Um, I don't like this line. I'm going to tell you, man. I don't like the line. I don't care what New England looks like. They're starting Bailey Zappi on Sunday. That'll be a little bit more energy. It's a, it's a new face, despite if he goes 14 for 34 for 84 yards. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't like the line, man. What do you think? Yeah, I, I don't like the line either. I think, uh, I think the Chargers are going to win. Yeah, I think the Chargers will win by a lot more than that. So. <laughs> what? <laughs> What? Oh man, get the MI Shyamalan. Oh man, oh man, okay. I I, I Shyamalan you. Um, no, I I mean, I this one is this one's a tough one. Um, I do think the Chargers are going to get the win here, um, but uh, but I I I see your point on the road in the rain. Um, I just I can't I can't bank on historic. Bill Belichick stats at this point. Like I know, I know Herbert hasn't had a lot of, or hasn't had any success against Belichick yet. Um, but uh, but those to me, those just aren't carrying a lot of water right now. I I do think the Chargers will win this game. Um, maybe it comes down to a field goal, 
But uh, so yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't tell you you're crazy to take the Patriots to cover that five and a half points. But uh, I definitely am taking the under on that forty point five. That's way too high for a game like this uh, in those conditions. So, golly, wow. Um, we're not giving Bill Belichick the benefit of the doubt anymore, are we? No, I, I don't think we can, man. It's you it's, don't think uh, we can. No, I, I don't think uh, I don't think you can say, oh, historically, Bill Belichick is you know had this team's number. I think those days are over. Wow, the mighty have fallen, according to Trevor. You know, um, I know he listens too. This is going to be interesting. You know, Bill's Bill's really good with the media. Us, we are the media. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I I mean I still think there's an advantage and I think there'll be a little bit more energy on the offensive side. Devario Douglas isn't gonna play. Um neither is Keishon Booty. But you know, Devontae Parker, Juju will be out there, take Taekwon Thor. People are playing for jobs, man. They, it's a motivated team, even if they do suck. It's a motivated yeah. team in New England to keep playing. And I yeah, I think you're right. You you can't count on anything historical with Bill right now and he's just he, he they're not he's just not coaching well, you know. Well, so, both of um, these coaches, I think that's the bigger, you know, we talk about this league one. being a soap opera. Like, that's the storyline here is, like, which one of these guys is going to get let go first. Uh, right. Because that, that'd be worth, you know, putting some odds on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, no, that's a good point. Uh, you know, that's, I think Bailey Zappi might be kind of fantasy relevant here. Um, the Chargers, third worst in FPA against quarterbacks this year. Um, likewise against wide receivers. So you could take a flyer on Zappy if you really need a quarterback this week. If you just have one on by or if you just don't have a great matchup, you could try it. I don't know. <laughs> I would look at it. I just I know Ramondre Stevenson's been better. He's a big start for me this week, especially against this bad Chargers defense. And uh, anybody who plays tight end for L.A. Because I, I just don't like New England's odds against covering anybody, honestly. And they just don't get a pass rush. So... Moving on, the Indianapolis Colts at the Tennessee Titans, a one-point favorite to Indy, over-under 42-and-a-half. And, a half. and uh, I, I said it earlier, don't look now, Indy's 6-5, and five, and they're 4-1 and one on the road, one of the best road records in the NFL. They're going to play a lot more road games moving forward. But, um, you know, it's just, it's wild. It, it's one of the more wild stories in the NFL so far this year. You know? Uh, it, it really uh, is. And uh, they just have a one-point spread, which is basically a push. Um, right. I, I am going to take the Colts to win this one. Uh, but this is another one where I like the under 42 and a half. Uh, I just don't think this game gets there. Uh, so yeah, I'll take the Colts to win. Uh, but I'm taking the under. Okay. Um, boy, Tennessee looking at their secondary pretty rough. Um, that's why I said Gardner Minshew take a flyer on him this week. I, I don't, I don't hate that. Michael Pittman would be a big start for me. Him and Gardner have had a lot of, um, you know, chemistry in the air. And uh, Jonathan Taylor might be hurt. Who's Zach Moss is the running back there, the back of running back. He's been excellent um, spelling them. They just, I don't, I have no idea how they're winning these games. Uh, ugly. They're all ugly. You know, so an under is certainly expected. And so maybe not totally fancy relevant offensive plays. And their schedule has been, pro- been so cupcake, dude. Have you looked at the schedule for Indy? It, it's they, pretty they might bad. Make playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Bad, bad. They play Tennessee, Cincinnati next week without Joe Burrow, Pittsburgh, Atlanta, Vegas, and then Houston. So they could they could go nine and eight or ten and seven and make the playoffs potentially. Oh, that's absolutely. Crazy. 
Yeah. It's a rough year for the NFL. It's a rough year. Let me tell you. <laughs> All right. Detroit. Uh, Detroit Lions at the New Orleans Saints. It's a four-and-a-half point favorite to Detroit. It's over under 46-and-a-half. Um, what do we call these ones, Trevor? Get-right games? Uh, yeah. Bounce-back games? Yeah, right? bounce-back games, get-right games. Uh, I like the Lions in this one. I think they win by, by you know more than the spread. I think they win by a touchdown or so. Um, the Saints' defense is good, um, but the Lions, yeah. I think uh, I think they're going to kind of steamroll this one. I, I, I like the over here um, because the Lions' defense, they play all right in, in big moments, but they're going to let the Saints find the find the end zone a few times. Um, so I, I definitely take the over on this one. Kind of a depleted secondary, man. In Detroit, it's a good point. Oh, yeah. they, they don't come up in big moments. Uh, four touchdowns against quarterbacks last two weeks, including that performance on Thanksgiving against Jordan Love. They got a week and a half to prepare for this game, though. Exactly. Like odds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, regardless, I think Derek Carr could have a decent game. Um, <laughs> I don't, you, you just wonder, I, I, does anybody know what the direction is in New Orleans right now? Man, it's and the, what's strange is that it's been that way. For a while now, I, have they had yeah. any direction since uh, since Breeze retired? And Sean it, it really has not felt that way. So that's that's a good point. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I would keep an eye on Derek Carr. Um, if you start him, might be a decent start this week. And um, you know, I, I'm trying to think. You know, it's Jerry hit the nail on the head. It's tough New Orleans defense. Uh, yeah, just not a lot of fantasy relevance. Although Jameer Gibbs and I, I feel like he's due for a big game again. Um, quiet on, uh, on Thanksgiving. Two games before that, 25 points per game. I can see him getting back to this, his, his form here. So keep an eye on that. Uh, Atlanta Falcons at the New York Jets. Two-point favorite to Atlanta. Over under 33.5. And, and you know what? Somebody has to watch this game. Somebody <laughs> has to. Right? Right. It's going to um, be on. So. Yeah. Ugh. This one, uh, the over-under is appropriately low. Um, I, I, I like Atlanta to win this one on the road. Uh, I just, that over-under is tough, 33 and a half. Um, I'm tempted to take the under. I know it's low, but, man, this game is going to be a lot of defense. Um no, I, I think I think at the end it goes over. I like Atlanta to win, but I'm going to take the over here. Yeah. <laughs> the, the over on a game with Tim Boyle, the quarterback for New York. Yeah. It, you know the the Falcons defense. <laughs> I feel like the Falcons defense can give up big plays to bad teams. Uh, I I do think that they'll come out on top, but uh, but I, I'm going to go with the over on this one. All right, you heard him here first. Tim Boyle could have a breakthrough game. Um, we didn't talk about this, but this is interesting. I don't know if you heard about this. Aaron Rodgers activated his 21-day practice window. Um, he's coming back. <laughs> yeah. He could play once. A, he could play. He could play. He could. Yeah. He could. Yeah. For what reason? I don't know. You know, I, <laughs> it's a, to salvage the franchise. I, I, I'm not sure what, why you would want to come back to this season, considering the, you know, the offensive line issues in New York and a lot of the other things. Um, 
<laughs> look, I don't know about this one. It's I think New York's defense is excellent. You gotta you, you gotta feel bad for them considering what they've been handed on the other side of the ball and what they've had to come keep up with. So start both defenses. <laughs> right. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That is right. It's gonna be a rough game offensively. So moving on, I I kind of like this game. I uh, I feel like there's a lot of crossover between Arizona and Pittsburgh players. It's been going on for like the last twenty years. Um, it, it Pittsburgh Arizona is kind of like Pittsburgh's retirement home for their players. Um, they have there's been so many players that have crossed over from Pittsburgh to Arizona in the last 20 years wild look look through the list it's really crazy Um, Arizona at Pittsburgh uh, 6.5 point favorite to Pittsburgh over under 41.5 I mentioned earlier dude it's it's an improved offense in Pittsburgh one week without Matt Canada we saw we saw we saw a lot of improvement last week I thought Um, more running the ball a lot more open lanes um, quicker passes Granted, it was only 16 points, but they put up 450 yards on offense. So, um, going against Arizona, this 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 could be a at least say get right. They don't need to say they get right; they just need to get going. You know? No, I so. I agree, and I think uh, I think Tomlin is the kind of coach that's got his team believing right now that the sky is the limit at this point for this team in this league. Um, seven and four, no Joe Burrow left, like. The Steelers have a chance to not only make the playoffs, but to make some real noise in the postseason. And this should be uh, a game that they take control of. I think they beat the spread. Um, The tricky part is the over-under, because if the Steelers dominate the way they could in this game, it could go under. Right now, I'm leaning on the over. Um, You know, the Steelers are not, uh, you know, world beaters, but they have a great head coach, and uh, I think this is a definite win for Pittsburgh. I like him to beat that spread. And right now, I'm I'm taking the over. Yeah. Yeah. I, look, it's um, just a bad defense, Arizona, especially at the um, the the uh, sorry the run defense level. The front seven's really bad in Arizona. Um, I just love. Uh, Najee Harris, excuse me, Najee Harris and Jalen Warren in this game for that reason alone. Like I said, 450 yards last week, 200 that on the ground. Just absurd. Um, I don't know what's going on with Deontay Johnson and George Pickens. There's been a lot of diva stuff going on there. So I just, like I said, Pat Fryermuth, give me some, give me the big boys, give me some, some grit that Pittsburgh's known for, and that's my fantasy sort of prediction for this. Moving on, the Miami Dolphins at the Washington Commanders, a nine-half point favorite to Washington, over under 49-and-a-half. Um, boy, you just think, knowing Washington's defense and their secondary, that this I, – I, I don't – you know, we saw what, Miami won 52 nothing or 59 nothing against Denver earlier this year. I mean uh, – 70 know. to 20. Yeah. 20, oh, that's what it was. Okay. I don't even know where it was. But, yeah. okay. So I'm not saying 70 to 20, but, you know. No. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. And that's, a, this is another one of those where, like, I know the over under is high, but I like Miami to beat the nine and a half point spread. And I'm going to take the over here. Uh, I think, uh, you know, the Dolphins' defense is going to be uh, a little depleted. Uh, they had an Achilles tear for a was a middle linebacker. I can't think of his name. It was ugly. Um, yeah. But uh, so, you know, the commanders might be able to find the board here or there, but oh. they're not going to be able to keep up with the Dolphins. Um, 
So, yeah, I like the Dolphins to win this one big, but uh, I feel safe taking the over because um, the Dolphins' defense is just – they're going to be missing uh, – God, I can't think of his name. Um, yeah, it's Jalen Phillips. Jalen Phillips, thank you. Oh, my rushers. gosh. Yeah. It's one of the most yep. obvious Achilles tears you'll ever see in slow motion. Yeah, it was just, just gruesome. Pop. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so, um, I mean, big kudos to the Miami, Miami offense in this game. Are you saying they're, they're vulnerable on defense where Sam Howell could possibly have a game? Uh, possibly. Game. Uh, I don't think okay. it'll be enough that the – I don't think the Dolphins are in trouble. I'm saying that, like, considering that, I am going to take the over here. If it weren't for that, it'd be a little tougher. Uh, but uh, I think uh, I think the commander's going to be able to move the ball a bit. Yeah. Okay. I don't hate that prediction. I think Washington's going to be pretty decent. I mean, it's a decent offense. You know, I don't think Sam Howell makes the best decisions with the ball, but he's second year trying to figure it out still, and well, he throws he's, a good he's, ball. He's miraculously, like, kind of snuck his way onto the leaderboard for yards. Isn't he top five yeah. on yards right now? It's crazy. Top, I, think, I, think, I think top. Top two? Top three? He's up there. Like that. Yeah. So... Could be fireworks here, potentially, and if not, a blowout. Those are fun. Yeah, those are fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, this is an interesting matchup. Uh, wasn't if you looked at the calendar six weeks ago, you would say, "Well, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I hope this doesn't get flexed. I hope this gets flexed out of the regional matchup. I don't want to watch this." But all of a sudden, we have a, basically a battle of the seventh seed here for the AFC. It's the Denver Broncos at the Houston Texans. It's a three-point favorite to Houston. It's a over under forty seven and a half, and by golly, C.J. Stroud is right next to Dak Prescott playing the best football, playing the best quarterback, playing the <laughs> playing the best football at the quarterback position um, in the NFL. Man, he's been incredible, absolutely incredible. And if you've watched him week to week, he's growing right in front of your eyes. And nineteen touchdowns, five interceptions. Tank Dell, what a great pickup. Nico Collins, amazing. He, he just elevates all his players, all the players around him. And what can you say about Russell Wilson making some of the best throws you've ever seen in his career oh, over yes. the last month? Um, this, is the, uh, this is the sneaky good matchup of the week. We've got no uh, a gangbuster on the way here. But, but this is a game you're going to want to watch. I'm going to be watching it with great interest. Um, I think what the Texans are doing this year has just been incredible. Uh, but for me, this really does come down to – uh, looking at who these teams have been playing, uh, the Broncos uh, arguably should be seven and four. Uh, they lost a game to the Raiders that they should not have lost. Um, and uh, yeah, I think uh, I think the Broncos are six and five from a tougher division, and I'm going to go upset here. Um, I like the Broncos to win this one on the road. Um, it, it, they seem to have found the formula for that offense. Uh, they're not asking Russell Wilson to do too much until they really need it. And he's been able to deliver in those big moments. Um, you know, it takes time for a new coach to really, uh, you know, to really see the, the influence on this team. I think we're there now. And, uh, and I'm not the biggest fan of any of the, the, the players and coaches I'm talking about here, but I think the Broncos are on a roll. Um, and I think I think they get this one. I like uh, I like the Broncos to win here, and I'm taking the under. Yeah. Crazy how they went from 
you know, on the radio over there. Um, I was in Denver in early October. Um, <laughs> who are they going to be training at the trade deadline to? Absolutely. Well, I'm glad yeah. we kept everybody. You know, I, it's really yeah, wild. Got rid of nobody, and now they're uh, right. they're breathing down the Chiefs' neck in that division. Yeah, really wild. Yeah. So, um, look, uh, if you're going to be Houston, it's going to be through the air. Second worst team in the uh, in the NFL as far as FPA against quarterbacks and wide receivers over the last month. Um, and that's basically, if you've watched their games, they've been all high scoring. You know, with with CJ Stroud kind of going toe for toe against whoever he's playing against. And so that's why I like Russell Wilson. And um, honestly, Cortland Sutton's been great over the last couple months. Over the last month, I should say. Um, and uh, Jonathan Williams has no touchdowns this year. Um, expect him to get one this week because I think it's a pretty vulnerable front seven for Houston. And I think that's where they got to punch it in. So, oh, Trevor, somebody's going to win the NFC South. It's the Carolina Panthers against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> Five-point favorite Tampa, over under 36 and a half. Look, man, T- Carolina just fired their head coach, Frank Wright. Got let go this week. Um, you know, I, I don't know how many head coaches they've had since what's-his-face bought the team. I can't remember his name now um, in Carolina. But I think it's like six and four years or something like that. Maybe oh, four wow. and six years. I don't Yeah, it's quite a bit. Uh, I could be flipping flopping those numbers by accident, but – um, nonetheless, it's a lot. And, um, you know, intern coach playing this or going into this week with, <laughs> I mean, you just got to feel bad for Bryce Young. Um, no direction, not a lot of weapons. And now they're playing, they're playing Tampa Bay. And I think it's pretty obvious why Tampa is a five point favorite here. You know? Yeah. This one's not going to take very much time. Uh, I like the Bucks to win. I like them to beat the spread. Yeesh. Uh, yeah, take the under there. Yeah, taking the under. Gosh. Uh, but yeah, just uh, you know, the Buccaneers don't have a lot left to play for. The Panthers have even less to play for. Um, I, I mean, as a as a franchise, speaking from the perspective of the fans, the players, of course, are always right up until the moment uh, that it's over. They're playing for their jobs. Um, which is you know something that makes the games worth watching. Um, you know Adam Thielen probably have some fantasy relevance in this one, but uh, man, this is just not an easy one to get excited about. No question. Um, I mean, I don't know what to say about this one, man. It's just that I think with a new head coach, hopefully Bryce Young will be invigorated a little bit. Maybe they can switch the offensive system and make it more dynamic and get them out of the pocket and do some more play action just because the offensive line isn't great, just get them moving a little bit. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they put up a little bit of fight here. But they are 1-10, in 10, so <laughs> it is what it is, right? And it, and it's, yeah, it's wild how bad they – it's crazy. We, can, we could probably have a whole podcast on the mistreatment of rookie quarterbacks or just quarter, second- or third-year quarterbacks over the last 20 years in terms of coaching and ownership and how it, it's – uh, mitigated their development, uh, but that's for another that's for another podcast. Obviously, when we have no games to talk about, the Cleveland Browns at the Los Angeles Rams, the four point favorite to LA, over under forty and a half. Joe Flacco <laughs> making the start on Sunday, baby. He's back, you know, getting trying to relive some of that Super Bowl what forty eight magic, something like that, yeah. right? Back um, in the AFC that North, was <laughs> ten years ago. That was ten years ago. So crazy. And don't look now, man, but if the Rams win this, they're actually tied for the wild card spot in the NFC. 
There you go. <laughs> the seventh seed. Wild. Another team that's turning around with good coaching. Um, I don't know if I'd want to watch this one, but <laughs> what's your what's your opinion? Well, I, I do think the Rams will get the victory here. Um, the four-point spread, that's eh, – I could see that going either way. Right now I'm going to take them to beat that spread. Um, I'm taking the under here because uh, the Browns' defense is still good. And the Rams' defense has Joe Flacco to contend with. Um, so, I, I, yeah, so I'm taking the under. I feel very confident on the under here. Whether or not the Rams can win by three or seven points, a uh, little less confident. But right now I'm leaning towards the Rams beating that spread, win by a touchdown, uh, maybe even just win by two field goals. But, uh, but yeah, I like the under on this one, definitely. Um, yeah, so if you're going under... You know, I'm looking at some of the stats here. I just see that on the goal line, Cleveland's allowed four touchdowns on the on the ground um, over the last month. And Kyron Williams was fantastic this past weekend. 30 points in fantasy. Got him going. He's excellent. I think he'll be a big factor in this win. I definitely, He's obviously a start. You would not start him. But um, also keep an eye on Jerome Ford, man. they got to get Joe Flacco going. They're going to be running the ball a lot. Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt. I think we'll have a, a pretty decent fantasy days. Um, he's a consistent 15-pointer. I don't know if anybody really realizes that. Jerome Ford gets about 15 points a game right now, which is pretty nice. So pretty kind nice. of a look at a flex there. Yeah, I, noise. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's interesting. Like These guys kind of fire the radar. We talk about the, the impact Joe Flacco is going to have on this offense. Guess what? It's been bad for a while. And these, there's some guys that are still contributing regardless, fantasy-wise, um, at least with Cleveland. So keep an eye on Jerome Ford. Oh man, a NFC Championship matchup, uh, rematch, and potential matchup. Um, before we get to the actual talk, have you seen the Philadelphia Eagles schedule? No, no, I haven't. Okay, so let me give let me give you this right. Um, I'm going to go since this looks like early November, right? This will be so Dallas. Uh, sorry, at home against Dallas, they won. At Kansas City, they won. At home against Buffalo, they won. Then they play Sunday, uh, Sunday at 2.25, right, the 4 o'clock game. San Francisco, at Dallas, at Seattle, and then against New York and against Arizona, and then against New York again. Wow, that's crazy. But literally, they play one, two, three, four, five, six games against a playoff team. Six weeks in a row. Pretty incredible. Pretty rough, man. Uh, Pretty rough. I- Right. I still think that losing to Kansas City when they played them would have been a blessing in disguise, because um, I, I I I remember watching this team when they when they won the Super Bowl playing as an underdog, uh, playing with a chip on their shoulder. It really really worked for them. Um, I I don't think they get that this week. I'm going upset here. I think the Eagles are real tough to beat at home. Uh, the 49ers are a real good team, but. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a slim margin, but eight and three, ten and one. Uh, the 49ers give up a game here and there. They lost to the Vikings on uh, on a Monday night. So uh, I I like the Eagles here. Um, I'm taking the over on the 47 and a half. I think we see a lot of scoring in this one, but uh, but I like the Eagles to win. Yeah. Three point favorite San Francisco over under 47 and a half. Didn't mention that. Sorry. Um... Look, man, you know, what's interesting about this game, though, is that Philadelphia's secondary has been terrible. 
this year. Um, and granted, they they ten and one, so teams are obviously playing from behind and throwing a lot. I'm, I obviously has something to do with it. And Josh White's been excellent. I think he has like so far a quarter a NFL record for most quarterback hurries or pressures or something like that in the first eleven games and twelve games of the year. It's, I don't whatever. You know, <laughs> what does that stat mean? Uh, it is what it is. You know, they weren't even like recording that until like a few years ago. You know, right? Um, and so it, I think you know. Okay, upset, sure. Right, you can see going out either way with a three-point, you know, uh, line. They just have to throw something on there. However, look, man, it's Brock Purdy's going to have to go head to head against Jalen Hurts. He didn't do that last year. Got hurt in the NFC Championship game. He's going to have to do it this year. He's going to have to show that he's worth an investment. Um, this is where you make your money in these games right here. You know, you can't go on the road and lose at Philly. I don't think you can do that. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I feel you probably will win, but it's arguably the best matchup we'll have this year, possibly game of the year, you know, could be. Yeah. And, absolutely. Um, yeah. And, uh, you, you know, if you're Brock Purdy, you, like I said, if you don't want to be looked at as a system quarterback, you got to go on the road and win at Philly. It's just the way that that's what you have to do. You know, um, it's going to be a great game, but I think because of that factor, the fact that okay, I have to go out. He's gonna. I, I would think he would repair extra. I I think they're pretty vulnerable, and I think the offensive line has a really good chance to control Philly. Philly's defensive line between Jalen Carter and um, Jordan Davis and Josh Sweat and Hassan Reddick. You know they got Trent Williams. Uh, I mean he doesn't play the whole offensive line, <laughs> exactly. but he's there. They're they're, yeah. they're they're excellent and they can run the ball. Um, I, I think this could be San Francisco's game. And they got Christian McCaffrey. And nobody can really can guard him coming out of the backfield. And he's just so dynamic, you know. They get six yards a carry when he, when he runs the ball. Crazy. That's, that's you know? insane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, so I would keep an eye fantasy-wise on Brock Purdy. Brian, Brandon Ayuk and him have been, been money the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, big, what, 75-yard touchdown a couple weeks ago, 57 yards, something like that, crazy. So it wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me if they connect again and Shanahan drives something up. So uh, sneaky game, sneaky Sunday night game, potentially game of the week if we, you know, obviously if we don't get, if we get stinker from Philadelphia and San Francisco. Um, Kansas City Chiefs at the Green Bay Packers, six-point favorites at Kansas City, over under 42-and-a-half. And don't look now, but the, if Green Bay wins at home, Sunday night football, right? Um, they will be tied for the sixth seed for the NFC as well. And they've won three of the last four games. A, a close loss against Pittsburgh, which was very controversial. Uh, but beat Detroit, beat L.A., beat the Rams. Look, man, Jordan Love's starting to figure it out. Absolutely. Um, and you're right. If if they win, they'd be sitting at six and six with the Vikings and possibly the Rams as well. Um, so this is a big game. They got a lot to play for. Uh, the Chiefs. The Chiefs are no stranger to playing these uh, late, you know, outdoor cold weather games. Uh, I still think the the Packers have a special home advantage this time of year in Lambeau. Um, so I am going to take the Packers to cover. I think the Chiefs win this one. I think the Chiefs are going to squeak by, but I expect it to be closer than six. Uh, it could be a one-point game. I expect it to be more of a three-point game. Uh, but, yeah, I like the Packers to cover. 
And I'm going to take the over in this one, uh, in spite of it being, you know, a dark, uh, cold game in December outdoors. Um, I just, uh, I like what these two offenses are doing right now. Um, Jordan Love is, uh, I saw an interesting stat comparison. His stats stack up almost identically to uh, Aaron Rodgers at this point in his first season starting. Um, wow. So, uh, so do not you know, turn the page on Jordan Love yet. Um, yeah, th- this is the sort of game, uh, you know, if, if I'm wrong, if the Packers get this win, it's huge. It's absolutely huge. Uh, and it's bi- it's got big impacts on the AFC landscape as well. So I, I do, you know, at a glance, I wasn't excited for this Sunday night game, but the more I think about it, uh, the more that th- this is an exciting Sunday night matchup uh, first week of December. So I'll, I'll definitely be watching this one. But yeah, again, I'm taking the Chiefs to win, Packers to cover, and I like the over. Okay, yeah. Look, man, it's going to be a really interesting game. And here's the, here's, the be- here's the most interesting aspect of this game, right? So Green Bay goes four deep with, with good wide receivers. Jaden Reed, Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson, and Luke Musgrave, the tight end. Um, I said wide receivers, but, you know, let's throw him in there. No Aaron sure. Jones. Yeah. So they've been playing Jaden Reed out of the backfield a lot. A.J. Dillon's getting a ton of carries, 131 carries. He's got 300 yards in the year. It's brutal. But um, they just pound it, and they set up a lot of a lot of motion. There's a lot of guys going left to right. There's a lot of dudes getting a lot of space, and um, they just they play the running backs. I mean, they play the wide receivers right out of the backfield, um, and it works. And Jordan Love's finding a lot of comfortability in the offense. You said that his – Numbers are almost identical to Aaron Rodgers' same point in his career. And I think that it's a sneaky good game. It's, I think, it's interesting. I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. And you can say what you say about Kansas City. They've been bad in the second half of basic of games for basically last month. You know, so if, if, if they're up at halftime, I, I mean, I think Green Bay has enough to keep them in a game, you know, and to get back into it. And I think Jordan Love is getting better and – they have they've developed these receivers and they're actually pretty damn good and Christian Watson is really impressive. Granted, um, last week against Vegas, what Kansas City was down fourteen nothing or something like that, fourteen seven came back and won. To me, they're starting to figure it out. It's December. The season starts now, you know. Oh yeah. So um, it's a hard one to figure out. I just would keep an eye on just because of Kansas City's volatility and the secondary. I, I like you know, a little Jordan Love action and. Some receivers, uh, I already mentioned all their names. Um, yeah, so uh, moving on. Last game of the week, and this normally this would have been a great matchup if we had Joe Burrow, but Cincinnati oh, at Jacksonville, nine-point favorite. Jacksonville over under 38-and-a-half, and I didn't realize that Jacksonville is quietly 8-3. and three. Um, yeah, I feel like Houston uh, is leading that division, but here we are. Well, and you know? then, you know, I'm trying to – I'm blanking now. The Jaguars had one really – Bad loss. Did not expect it. Uh, it San Francisco. Me. That's what right. it was. Um, right. They just got – not that, you know, San Francisco shouldn't have been able to beat them, but San Francisco beat them really bad. Um, right. But, you know, they've shaken that off. Uh, the, and you're right. This looks like a, an AFC heavyweight matchup, but without Joe Burrow, uh, it's pretty easy to take Jacksonville to win. Uh, the nine-point spread – I I just don't know. It it is December. I, I think uh, 
I think Jacksonville's got this one in the bag, but uh, the Bengals are not without weapons. Um, it's not their first week without Joe Burrow. So I am going to take the Bengals to cover. I think this is a seven-point game at best. Uh, but I like the Jaguars to win, um, and I'm going to take the over on the 38-and-a-half. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it, look, it's Jake Browning versus Joe Burrow. Uh, Jake Browning versus Trevor Lawrence. Um, you know, here's something that maybe we could talk about briefly here. Trevor Lawrence, you know, it's interesting when we talk about him because he's this, this draft class he came out of, we were all really hyped on with Mac Jones, Justin Fields, uh, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, who else was in that draft class? Who am I blanking on? Trey Lance or right. somebody else? Zach Wilson, right? And Trevor Lawrence's numbers in year three. 2,800 yards, 12 touchdowns, seven interceptions. No one overall pick. Uh, what, do we, what, do we, what do we make of that? You know, I mean, we haven't really talked a lot about his development. And arguably, it was, it was amazing last year. He made a lot of strides. Closer to the end of the season, possible that this is what we get this year, too, that he's just better at the end of the season. He, gets, he just kind of, like, picks it up, you know, as he kind of goes along. I mean, well, but you I, look at I those think... numbers... I think that was and, part of the formula for, for his success is he needed uh, to be able to not carry the team on his shoulders. And they've done that for him, uh, especially with uh, Etienne, Etienne uh, getting healthy when he did. Because um, a lot of people forget that, too. You know, he, uh, Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars, they had a terrible first year together. Um, they drafted Etienne that first year, that same draft, and he never played in the regular season. Uh, he was out all season with a with a you know pre you know preseason injury, um, so it's multiple pieces that are falling into place in my opinion that are allowing Trevor Lawrence to take this giant leap forward between year one and year three. Um, but uh, I'm excited to see where it goes. This is a team that's definitely going to be in the postseason, and uh, you know not terrible on the road either. Yeah, yeah, but you know, no, do you you see what I'm saying though? Is oh, it, absolutely. Are we, waiting, are we waiting for him to get right for the rest of the year because that's just what he does at, towards the end of the season? Or is this, you know, I know you're saying that, okay, we don't, they don't have to carry him. I, I, don't, I don't disagree. That's, that's wonderful. I, I, I mean, it's, 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 it's odd to say that about a number one overall pick. <laughs> well, they don't have, he doesn't have to carry the team. Well, I mean, isn't that why he was drafted, you know? But uh, – I guess what I'm trying to say is that you know we don't we don't often talk about his development and how kind of wacky it's been, but we'll talk about Mac Jones and Justin Fields and you know what I mean, Zach Wilson and Trey Lance because those have just been brutal, you know. But we don't really talk about his development at all, and it's really not been it's it's been all right, it's been okay. Hmm? Yeah, it's okay. I, I I think he's coming along. Yeah. Okay. You think he's he's up there with uh, Mahomes and Burrow? You know, uh, I'm not ready to say that, um, but I think the potential is there. I think he's, uh, you know, at this point, I'd put him a half step above Herbert, uh, and Herbert okay. still has the potential to be one of those guys. Um, there's so many good, you know, quarterbacks in the AFC that are in that three to six year mark. Um, you know, still have a big career ahead of them. But uh, I think uh, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be a presence in this league for many years to come. Yeah. So just above Herbert, but like below Allen, basically. 
Yeah, maybe. I mean, if I if you want to throw Alan into the conversation, I think Alan is uh, probably. I don't know. Uh, that that's one that I, I haven't had a chance to look at him specifically enough. But I it the feeling to me is that Alan is on his way down. Um, <laughs> you have so much bias, and, and, and and a lot of that. You know, I, I definitely think that the Bills – we're getting off on a tangent here, but I think the Bills' window is closing. I, I've said that for a long time now on this podcast. Um, I can't decide if the regression I'm seeing from Josh Allen is Josh Allen, you know, fighting that window. He's trying to do too much every chance he gets, and that's why he's, you know, creating those turnovers. Um uh, so I, I think, you know, Josh Allen, uh, he could bounce back. Um, he's got a, you know, a, a barring severe injury, he's got a long, uh, future in this league as well. But, uh, I, I think, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if I was putting Trevor Lawrence above Josh Allen by the end of the year. Hate, 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 hate. <laughs> I hate, hate, hate. <laughs> hate, hate, hate. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, don't, I, I think it's a good analysis, though. I mean, is it? It's probably is Josh Allen just doing too much, and it's just affecting his development. And no, Brian Dable. I, I do think Dable helped a lot too. You know, in terms of sure. keeping him in line, and and coaching, and you know, that's and and you know, Sean. What's what's his name? Sean. Uh, is picture. it McDermott? Yeah, McDermott. Yeah, he, he's not an offensive guy, so that's just not how it's going to work, you know, in terms of right. him being hands-on and coaching Allen, that's just not going to happen. They fired Ken Dorsey. And so it's, it's, it's an interesting thing up in Buffalo, but going back to Jacksonville, um, I, I just think it's, it's a narrative. It's a weird narrative. It's not a weird narrative. It, it, I don't, it's just, if you applied it to any other quarterback in the NFL, um, like we do to Trevor Lawrence, it wouldn't make any sense. You know, you'd be like, well, well why are we, Saying yeah. that, you I, know, but we'll say it for Trevor Lawrence that it's like, well, he's, well, I mean, he doesn't have to be, he doesn't have to carry a team. He's number one overall pick, right? You know? Well, it was, uh, it was like, such a such a weird rookie year for Trevor Lawrence. Um, yeah, you know, he, he's on a bad team. That's the way first overall picks go. Um, but also, uh, gosh, uh, who was their coach? At the beginning of the year, it was, uh, <laughs> Urban Meyer, baby. Urban Meyer, I can't believe I was blanking <laughs> yeah. on Urban Meyer. So that yeah, that was, dude. I mean that Left that took a baby. lot of took a lot of attention away from what we're talking about now, the development of this young quarterback. Um, so you know, so much has changed, uh, not just with his development, but with that team uh, in the last two and a half seasons. Um, it's, it's, I mean, I can only imagine what it's like to be a diehard Jacksonville fan these days. It's probably just wild, uh, watching some of the stuff that, uh, that your teams had to go through. And, uh, and now, uh, especially with the, you know, if you've been a Jags fan for a long time, how cautious is your optimism? Uh, because you're still the Jaguars, but man, things are starting to look pretty good, pretty good for the Jags. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I don't, I don't disagree. It's just, it's odd. I mean, and, and maybe the circumstances, it, like it's not a vacuum. There's a lot of context here. It's, it's just odd. Well, <laughs> you know, in, in my, I mean, part of it's odd. In my analysis, so. they're a lot like the, uh, they're kind of the, the lions of the AFC right now. Uh, right. they're doing it, they're doing it a different way, but you know, I think it's, 
it can be pretty beneficial to the team. Like their, their coach does not get the same attention uh, that the Lions coach gets. Uh, they've not been on hard knocks recently. Um, and uh, it's just a, in general, like lower profile division. Um, so things, uh, you know, big, bigger things than we expect could be in the works right now in Jacksonville. Yeah, well, we'll keep an eye on it moving forward. So. We'll keep an eye on hey. it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, well, that's our folk. That's our that's our show, folks. That's our folks show. Uh, <laughs> take them, <laughs> take, take them away, boys. I'm the chief here. Bake them away, toys. Right? If you get Simpsons reference. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's all we got, man. You got anything to say to the folks before we slide off the air here? Uh, just that I'm relieved to be completely certain that the Vikings will not lose another game this week. Uh, yuck, right. yuck, 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 yuck. <laughs> that, that's, that does seem to be guaranteed, considering. So, <laughs> um, yeah, um, got that. And, uh, yeah, just keep keep watching this football, man. It's going to get really interesting. We had the first ever, what was it? Um, uh, the Patriots and the Chiefs were playing Monday Night Football, and they, they, they slid them to <laughs> Sunday afternoon. That's right, the uh, first guess, Monday Night yeah. Football flex. Flex, there we go. Yeah, the first ever flex, and that's interesting. So there could be t- potentially more things going on for the first time ever in this season. Uh, like I said, we'll keep an eye on it, as always, moving forward. So um, until then, you know, give us, keep giving us some likes and reviews and subscribes and sharing all the things you can to anybody you might know that's interested in football, the niche sport that we cover here in the NFL that nobody, hardly anybody really listens to or watches. Um, it's really not a big deal in any part of this country. <laughs> so... Until next time, we'll be back. Until then, we're out.